We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Guys, it's been well documented at this point. The Indianapolis Colts pull off the upset against the Kansas City Chiefs. So for the topic of this video, we wanted to kind of look at a lot of different young guys, right? Some young guys who were key contributors in yesterday's victory. Some young guys who maybe are struggling right now. And just talking about how, you know, moving forward for the Colts, they need to be able to rely on some of these young guys to have success. And so I wanted to kind of start, Derek, by talking about the guys who stood out yesterday, some guys who were who were like rookies and second-year players and things of that nature, some guys who really contributed to the Colts pulling off that upset and getting their first win of the year. And we'll start on the offensive side of things, talk about the guy who – talk about a career day, man. Talk about a first and second NFL catch. Couldn't come at a better time. Jelani Woods, a guy who's been lost in the shuffle a lot this year. People were wondering, you know, after he was drafted in training camp, where was Jelani Woods? And we were even asking the question, man, first couple weeks of the season, Jelani Woods didn't get looks at all. And we're just like, what in the world is going on? Like, where is this guy? You know, he's six foot seven. Why are we not utilizing him, especially in the red zone, right? And so Jelani Woods is coming on, and man, the come on party for Jelani Woods was huge. On Sunday, talk to me about Jelani Woods and kind of what you saw from him yesterday and what the Colts are going to need from him moving forward. Well, he only had two catches in the game, but he made both of those catches count. You know, I mean, they were the two biggest plays of the entire day for Indianapolis. So, you know, I mean, it all comes down to that. You know, I mean, unfortunately, you know, when you're a rookie and you're kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit trying to find your way. You know, you might only get those few opportunities to make plays. And, you know, I think that uh, that's one thing Kylan Granson definitely did throughout the day as well, as long as with Jelani. I mean, Kylan did it in a different kind of way uh, throughout the day, but he had plays. But Jelani, I mean, we, we talked about it. You're right. Like, he was at a point where he was almost listed as tight end four uh, to start the offseason before uh, – Drew Ogletree ended up uh, having that tear and then ended up ending his season. And obviously Jelani now wide, or tight end three, but he only needed two looks to really change the outlook of this game. And 
you know, he did it in the way that I think most people assumed he would, right? And the fact that he's six foot seven, Duke can run as fast as any other tight end out there. And, you know, he's just a size and mismatch for anyone, man. I mean, that's what it was. Matt Ryan, just throw the ball up to him and then just let, as long as Jelani gets his hands on it, I mean, more than likely he's coming down with it because physically he's just so much bigger than anyone else that steps in his way. So that was really it. I mean, that's all you needed, just a sliver of an opening. And if Matt Ryan was able to get it into his hands, then Jelani was coming down with it. It was great. You know, I mean, the energy in that place was crazy before that and after that. I mean, that was a huge, huge day. And you're right. Talk about a first NFL memory, right? First NFL game where we saw Jelani actually get involved in the passing game. And he was pretty much our entire offense. I mean, you think about it from the scoring production standpoint. So, yeah, it was great to see Jelani, you know, step in and do that. And maybe maybe that could be the tipping point into we start seeing him get utilized more in the red zone for, you know, maybe more usage now because you showed it. I mean, even in the middle of the field, it's not even like it was a jump ball. I mean, he got that touchdown in the middle of the field too. So maybe that is something we start to see more of him doing that in the in the red zone sort of area. But it was a great first start. Love to see it when the offense was really struggling all day to get anything going. Jelani really provided that big spark. Well, I was going to say, you know, the first couple of weeks, especially the Colts have struggled in the red zone, right? That's been an issue for them. And so we were just wondering, like, okay, you have a six foot seven guy that you're not using. Why wouldn't you use him and at least give him an opportunity? And it's great to see him um, help this offense, you know, be better in the red zone. Um, and also just for him and his confidence. I, I mean, I think there were some questions like, is Jelani just lacking confidence right now in himself as a player? Because he hasn't really done much. He didn't do a whole lot in training camp. He did a little bit in the preseason, but like there was a lot of hype around him when he was originally drafted by the Colts. And, you know, that kind of faded really fast, you know, at least early on. And so great to see him getting some confidence. And, you know, he can only build on from this. You know, this is only the beginning for Jelani Woods. And, and that should be exciting in itself. The Colts have a mismatch nightmare right now at tight end. And a guy that's confident, that's scary and should be very, very scary for opposing defenses and very, very uh, intriguing and tantalizing for this Colts offense and the way they're going to scheme him up. I'm really excited to see, do they continue to go back to him, You know, continue to build confidence in him because um, they need him. They really need Jelani Woods to step up into this red zone threat that he showed yesterday. So really excited for that. You already mentioned Kylan Granson, who I want to talk about. Didn't like pop off the screen in terms of stats, but he had a couple key catches. He had that fumble recovery, that, that muffed punt recovery as well. So, you know, the guy you know didn't necessarily have like a huge highlight play, but he was consistent. And I think when he was thrown to, he did exactly what he needed to do. Yeah, I mean, he. I think he only had the one catch in the day, but that was at the end of the day when you know the drives needed to happen and they and they mattered. So at the end of the day, you know that was a, a very important catch, and it was a it was a great catch too. I mean, in one of those scenarios where you would expect normally that Kylan Granson would have uh, potentially uh, dropped it in most scenarios, but had a great uh, thing going there and. You know, special teams, yeah, like you said, he got that big fumble recovery in the moment where the Colts, one of their only two scores that they actually had in that game, you know, was right there. And 
He had a couple other uh, big plays in the special teams as well. So it's great to see Kylan getting involved in the special teams too. Just another way to get him involved and use his kind of skill set of his, you know, ability to uh, make plays out in the middle of the field. That's kind of what they're wanting to use him for right now. And I mean, it's great. It's awesome to see him actually getting involved in that. So if you can't always get involved in the offense, that's what the Colts will do. They'll try to get you some plays here and there on special teams. And Kylan took advantage of his snaps when he actually had the chance to. Absolutely. Uh, Staying one more pass catcher. I want to highlight Alec Pierce, who I thought had a really nice day, you know, is obviously overshadowed by Jelani Woods' huge day, but you know, Alec Pierce had a couple of nice receptions, you know, kind of big receptions too. You know, they weren't like the the 50-yard bomb or anything like that, but consistent, you know, 10 to 15-yard catches when it mattered. And so, love to see that from Alec Pierce proving, you know, to be a legit weapon. I Clearly his best day as a pro so far um, and proving to be a legitimate number two beside Pittman. I thought he did a great job taking the pressure off of Pittman, who obviously led the Colts in catches and things like that. But I thought Pierce was a nice number two yesterday. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, we saw what happened week one. Those jitters really got to him big time. And then, you know, you're coming off of a concussion too. You know, there was probably a lot of pressure on Alec coming into this game, you know, knowing that the first two weeks of his NFL career was not a good first two weeks. So, you know, coming back in to Lucas Oil and, you know, having the chance to right that wrong, you know, he definitely did that. You know, three catches for 61 yards, and they were they were big catches. You know, the kind of catches that we're expecting from Alec Pierce, right? The vertical routes down the field, 50-50, go get it because you're a physical uh, mismatch for any corner. You know, it's those kinds of things, right? And th- the big one from when he was uh, when the Colts were down at like the two yard line, and he had that 25 yarder that put them away from there and, you know, was able to get them in great position. I mean, that's the kind of thing we're looking for, right? I mean, and especially at the end of the game, you know, he had one good catch uh, there at the end of the game that mattered. You know, it's it it was really odd, Cody, because, like, obviously the offense never got anything going uh, throughout the majority of the game. They had a very difficult time, and I broke that down in a video that we did before. Um, talking about, you know, the offensive line and the play calling still being bad and things of that nature. But it was nice to see, you know, in the biggest of moments when it really needed to happen, the Colts offense did deliver. And it was great seeing guys like Alec Pierce and Jelani being able to step into those roles and provide that spark. And like you said, Michael Pittman had a solid day yesterday. Nothing crazy from him, but he was the most consistent And then, you know, Alec Pierce having a couple of big catches that help move the ball down the field. I mean, that's all you can ask for is, and you hope that it continues to like what you said with Jelani with being able to provide confidence for him now, right? It's like, okay, I can catch the ball. Okay, I can go and make the contested catches. Okay, I can get yards after catch. I can do this. I showed I can. Now I need to go do it even more. So you hope now that could be the stepping stone for Alec Pierce into maybe him doing a lot more going forward. And at least for the moment, it is kind of calmed a little bit of, and including me right now, we'll see how it goes on. Obviously they have to continue it up, but like, you know, I've been calling for a veteran wide receiver, but if Alec Pierce can do what he did yesterday, that'll definitely help a lot 
you know, moving forward. That'll help take the pressure off of Pittman. And if Jelani Woods can be getting open, you know, that'll help take the pressure off of other guys as well. And just give Matt Ryan more weapons to throw the ball to, to dish it out to, make the offense a lot less predictable out there. You know, obviously Pittman's going to be your main guy, but, you know, if you have the threat of Pierce, you have the threat of Jelani Woods, like that is scary, you know, for NFL defenses. So need to see that continue from those guys. Uh, but that goes from the guys yesterday on the offensive side of things. I want to move on to the defense. There were just a few guys that I think really stood out yesterday. What's going on, everyone? Just wanted to take a quick moment to talk with you about Odds Trader. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sport books to get the best deal possible. Odds Trader allows you to make bets on almost every major sport. Some of the cool features that I enjoy about Odds Trader is the handicapping options they provide. You get live play-by-play updates. You get live scores and bet tracking on everything that you're doing on the app. Player statistics, key game statistics. You even get projected game day weather reports as well. And the, another great thing about Odds Trader is you get Bet Tracker, which allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activities while you're on the site. I mean, how cool is that? If this is something that sounds like it intrigues you, make sure to go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Um, want to first talk about Dio Adangbo, and I'll throw Quiddy Pay in there as well, although I do feel like Dio had probably a little bit of a better day. Um, seems like he was more highlighted than Quiddy was. They both, I thought, had really good days getting after the passer, um, creating disruption, making Mahomes uncomfortable out there. What did you see from both the young pass rushers the Colts have? Well, they I mean, the pass rush in general yesterday was a whole hell of a lot better than what it was the first two weeks. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe was the guy that really was the staple of the whole day. You know, he was in he was definitely in Mahomes' head quite a bit yesterday. Uh, there's a lot of film from that that Yannick's presence in and of itself was causing Mahomes to make bad decisions. But you're right, Quiddy Pay. Showed a lot of heart too, even when uh, there were plays on the sidelines. I was seeing Quiddy Pay making tackles on the sidelines, uh, gang tackles with all these other guys. You know, that's the kind of effort that I want to see. And Dio's starting to finally get a few more reps on the defensive line now. And the Colts mentioned that, Gus Bradley mentioned that, that they wanted to start getting a better rotation of these guys on the defensive line. And it certainly felt like they did that yesterday. It seemed like uh, Taekwon was in for a few plays. Dio was in for a few plays, you know, guys like that. So it was nice seeing a little bit of a rotation there. And I don't know. I don't know what exactly it was that just got this Colts team doing better. But I mean, yeah, guys like Dio and Quiddy definitely uh, stepped up in a big way. And overall, the defensive line in general stepped up in a big way yesterday, you know, Pressuring Mahomes on 38% of his uh, dropbacks definitely is a very encouraging sign, regardless of if Mahomes held on to the ball too long or not. That's still that's still a really great job by the defensive line and the young guys for finally stepping up and providing the pass rush that we expected. It's so weird how this how it's completely flipped from a week ago to what we saw on Sunday. Completely different. You know, the, the Colts weren't ever we weren't able to touch Trevor Lawrence a, a week ago, like at all. 
And you know, the fact that the Colts, it was like the least pressured that Lawrence had ever been in his NFL career. And then Patrick Mahomes gets pressured 38%, nearly 40% of the, his dropbacks. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for there's always those people who say, well, you guys have changed your tune quickly. Well, this team looked completely different yesterday than they did on and defense. Of course, there's like a couple reasons why you would say that, right? Because obviously Patrick Mahomes on average was holding on to the ball a second longer on average than what Lawrence was, which if obviously when you look at it from that perspective, that means that, you know, there's a lot more chances for the Colts to get after the quarterback. But then again, that also results in the scheme changing. I'm sure that Bradley kind of changed a few things up. They played a little more man. They changed up a few things personnel wise. They had some guys up a little more. So the chiefs couldn't methodically just go down the field. And that's what the chiefs do, right? The chiefs, offense is built on making those big, big plays, right? Jacksonville's offense isn't quite the same as that. So, you know, the Chiefs go off of the big plays and the Colts did a good job of preventing that. And, you know, the secondary was another big reason as to why, but yeah, when your quarterback holds onto the ball for just a little bit longer, that defensive line gets a little bit more of a chance. But even then, like, like you said, from Jacksonville week, even it, when the times, uh, Trevor Lawrence held onto the ball for more than three seconds still felt like the Colts never got close to him at all, but it felt like almost every other drop back from Holmes, the Colts, at least one guy was in his face, at least making it difficult or at least having it in the back of Mahomes' mind. I mean, Yannick pretty much was in Mahomes' head from the get-go, man. There was a play where Yannick came off the edge, wasn't even close to Mahomes, but when Mahomes saw him coming back from behind him, he fell down and threw the ball. Like, I mean, that goes to show you just how uh, much that Yannick was in his head, and that was what the defensive line pressure was doing to the Chiefs. So, you know, it it was completely different from week two to week three. Even if there was a change in how the offenses ran things, the defense still took advantage. Yeah, and we, you know, you talked about the secondary. I suppose we could hop there and talk about some of those guys out there. Obviously, Isaiah Rogers, a guy that, you know, finally got some snaps on defense, a guy that we felt like needed to be getting more, uh, at least be on the field for some amount of time. He got on the field again, 24 snaps or something like that. So still want him to get more snaps, but it's a start. It was a start. Um, and and I think it definitely helped as well, man. Rodney Thomas looked really good when Julian Blackman went out of that game and got downgraded out. I thought he stepped up in a big way. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, that is not an easy thing to step into when your starting safety is one of the better young starting safeties in the league, you would think. And then, you know, playing against the freaking Kansas city chiefs. And then that pass block, right. Uh, that pass deflection at the end of the second quarter, right when it was about to go into halftime, and there was that uh, single high safety look, and that tight end almost broke it and almost had a touchdown. Rodney Thomas just comes out of nowhere to uh, deflect that pass. He's not there for that. That's a touchdown. Kansas City's up two scores going into halftime, and this game might have been different. This game might have been completely different from that point. So you're right. Rodney Thomas coming in stepping into a very, very difficult situation and the defense still not looking like it dropped off at all. That's a very positive sign. I mean, it's just crazy, Cody, that it just, the defense just looked so different. You know, I can't 
quite put my finger on it as to what it was that changed this defense so much. I mean, it's not like Jacksonville's offense is better than the Kansas City Chiefs. No one's saying that. So it's like, why is it that all of a sudden, you know, all of this just decided to change? But I mean, you know, Rodney Thomas, he stepped in and to his credit. He stepped in, didn't give up any big plays. And that's what matters here. Yeah, especially with the question marks after Kari Willis retired, you know, about safety. Like, what what, you know, what are you going to do about that? And, and Rodney Thomas, at least for the moment, has helped to kind of calm those fears a little bit. Like, you feel like, okay, if something happens to one of your safeties, knock on wood, obviously, but you have a guy in there in Rodney Thomas who played well as a rookie. So that's encouraging moving forward. Um, you know, and yeah, I'm just excited to see him because we knew he was physically gifted, you know, coming out. Um, we knew that, but the question was, you know, how raw is he at this point, right? Because some people had him listed as a corner, some people had him listed as a safety. It's like, you know, what what's that going to look like? You yeah. know, because we've had, you know, moderate success with a guy like Marvell Tell for a year, so it's just like you just don't know with some of those guys, especially guys drafted that late in the draft. But the Colts might have found a, a gem there in Rodney Thomas. We'll see if he can continue that. Moving forward, um, I wanted to also just kind of talk about some guys, Derek, that, you know, need to step it up a little bit, whether they've been playing outright terrible, whether they you know just haven't really been making much of an impact. Some guys that we need to see some of these young, you know, rookie or second year players that really need to take a step if the Colts want to continue uh, on their win streak. You know, if they want to extend their win streak to another win and moving forward and you know get back on track on um, the next couple of weeks here. So. A couple of those guys I want to talk about. We got to talk about Danny Pinter, and we have to talk about him. Um, I don't know if he technically qualifies. I think he's like a third-year guy. A third year still, guy he's, technically he's in now. a young category, I would say. Um, but he's looked terrible. I mean, I was just, I'm, I'm not going to hold any bones here. He's looked awful at right guard. He's getting bulldozed. He's getting beat. Um, just looks like an absolute liability out there right now. What do you need to see from him, man? Oh, I mean, you know, you, you just got. We just got to see more of what we saw from him in 2021. I mean, to his credit, the entire right side of the offensive line has looked terrible from the get-go of this year. I mean, Ryan Kelly's not looked good. Danny Pinter hasn't looked good. Brandon Smith, Braden Smith hasn't looked good. So, you know, what whether and you know, there has been some miscommunications with uh Matt Ryan as well, you know, and especially with him and Ryan Kelly. Uh, that's definitely a different video. But yeah, I mean, definitely a guy that needs to step up because you know, we heard from uh, Frank Reich that, you know, no changes to the offensive line are have been discussed yet. You know, maybe another week or two. I really don't want to see another week or two of Matt Ryan being sacked four times before the Colts coaching staff finally gets the memo that this offensive line coaching staff is not doing a good job of teaching these guys and that there's a change that probably needs to be made at some point because, you know, Matt Ryan's a tough guy, but you know, to keep getting sacked four times a game is not going to do any good for you. And the sad thing is the Colts probably could have won. They kind of probably could have blown out the Chiefs with how poor the Chiefs played in certain times yesterday. But because of the poor offensive line play, uh, that kept the Chiefs in this game, I feel like, to a, to a big degree. So, you know, we talk about the wide receivers and tight ends stepping up. The offensive line really held this team back from what they could have done on offense yesterday. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, Matt Ryan has a part in that as well. But, yeah, guys like Danny Pinter especially need to step it up in a major way because if, they do, if he doesn't, he's going to be benched, I think, sooner rather than later because it's been bad so far. 
Um, another guy I want to talk about as well that needs to step it up. I think Nick Cross as well. Um, you know, he only got one snap yesterday, and that should be in, that should be just getting our attention a little bit. Maybe the Colts don't feel like Nick Cross is as ready as they thought initially because Rodney McLeod got a lot more snaps, who he was kind of battling with all you know training camp and, and preseason and stuff like that. Nick Cross needs to step it up as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean. You're right. When we saw him in training camp, he was looking really great, really explosive. But it's obvious from the first week, you know, we saw him getting, you know, out of position quite a few times. And it's been increasingly obvious that, you know, there's been a change that's needed. And, you know, I mean, I think that's one of the things that I I agreed with Gus Bradley that, you know, having Rodney McLeod in there right now, primarily uh, for the majority of the time is what this defense really needs because Rodney McLeod's normally in the better spots for the majority of the time. I, I don't approve of Nick Cross only getting one one snap. He's not going to get any better by him only playing one uh, defensive snap. So, you know, hopefully they get him in there for, you know, at least around 10 snaps a game at this point to try to still get him to improve going forward but yes as, as you said like it's obvious that the Colts needed to make a change there you hope that at some point you know later on down throughout the season you can be more uh open about what you think Nick Cross can provide for the defense um I that was all the guys I had Derek I didn't know if you had any other guys that you wanted to highlight some of the another young guy or two that needs to step up those are the guys I had um, I think you pretty much got all of them for me. Um, I just want to see, you know, I want to see Quiddy Pay continue to do more. I want to see him continue to get more pressure because, I mean, Pay in and of himself didn't really get a ton of pressures yesterday. I like I said, I thought he did a great job with uh, tackles in the open field and you know being more involved in the run game as well. But I do want to see him continue to build off of what we saw week one. You know, where he had those two sacks, he hasn't had a sack since and you know he's looked like he's been getting uh just absolutely destroyed ever since then in the passing department so we'll see how he performs uh in that aspect i want to see him continue to do more but other than that i think we covered everybody that we had cool all right guys let us know your thoughts on any other players that you would say you want to see more from from some of these younger guys here let us know those things in the comments below That'll do it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for all your support. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.